Welcome back to another episode of the Sound at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. Joining me today, Nico Moreno from Mexico City the night before what might be, I think probably is, uh, the big one of the biggest games in Sounders history. They'll be playing at Pumas in the first leg of the CONCACAF Champions League final. What have your impressions been? Uh, we went out to training today, Nico. How are you feeling? What do you? What's your impressions? Look, first of all, Estadio Universitario Olimpico was absolutely a um, remarkable stadium. From the way it's set up to the architecture around it, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what that's going to look like with 40,000 plus in that stadium. Uh, in terms of the Seattle Sounders, I feel like the vibe is uh, very even. Uh, yeah. and, and I mean balanced. It's not too overhyped. It's not, you know, down low to the, to to where you're wondering if the team's gonna rise up to the occasion. Uh, and I and I caught a quick feel of that when we talked to Albert Rusnak prior to flying down here, where he told me, hey, you know, you don't want to be too overamped for this game, and, and perhaps that is the way this team should play this game. So I'm positive. I feel positive about the way the team is approaching the game. Um, and in terms of health, in terms of form, I also think Seattle's coming in very good shape. Um, I think that with Yamer Gomez Andrade looking like he's going to start this game, we watched him at practice today, Jeremiah, and he looks good. He looks fit. He looks like that ankle is completely healed. And uh, regardless of how well Jackson played, I am very happy to have the semifinals for Defender of the Year of last season back with this team, and I think he's going to do great uh, with this lineup. Yeah, one of the things that I noticed about Yamar was that he was wearing sandals <laughs> and didn't seem bothered by that. Like to me, that's a sign that his ankle is. Is he's wearing sandals out on the on the concrete on the track on the track? Yeah. He's he must be feeling pretty good with his ankles. So I, I thought that was a good sign. Uh, the the thing that struck me about the overall attitude, I think even is a good way of putting it. But it's like they're not downplaying this at all. They they accept that this is a massive opportunity for them, but they also aren't going into this overconfident. They are you know openly saying like we have we have a big challenge ahead of us. I think they under they they are very aware that no uh, American club has ever won in Mexico City. They are expecting a big crowd. and I, But I am so glad I came here, if for no other reason, to appreciate what a unique facility uh, the Olympic Stadium is. Mm-hmm. It is unlike anything. I mean, it does feel sort of like a college football stadium in the United States, but yet very different. This is, a, a, I think it's a 70-year-old stadium, all concrete, it has concrete bleachers. Uh, the first row of seats is at like basically field level. Like they are the lowest sitting seats. They are then they're separated also by like a track and a moat. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a fascinating facility. No, it's interesting, and I could see where there has to be some sentiment of the history behind yes. it, and probably you know it's got to be a a cornerstone of the city of how 
it, it's assembled. So so I get where maybe there isn't a, a big push to update a lot of these stadiums, but it was remarkable. I talked to uh, Nicolas Dodero, and he really liked the stadium. He, he, oh, he did. He, he mentioned to me that it really reminded him of some of those South American uh, stadiums with a lot of history where you do get that track going a, a, across or around uh, the, the, the pitch. And uh, he just really enjoyed it. So uh, I think that you're right. If there is one thing that we could take away from this trip, has to be the ability to witness it, to share that experience with the listeners uh and and it's exciting uh, when it comes to the game i think that this first leg yes is going to be crucial it's going to be important but as i talk to the players they are confident that regardless of what the result is that you know the, the hope is positive they're not overthinking it they're not overthinking the fact that Uh, Juan Ignacio de Nino might be out. They're not overthinking the fact that Ortiz is out with the red. The Lopez could be out. They just want to play their game. They want to be able to be smart, be selective on how they attack, and not push themselves to put themselves in a bad position to go into Lumen Field with a disadvantage. So I think that's important. I feel like that's very smart from both the coaching staff and the players itself. So it's it, 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 it's good. I, I feel like Seattle is really being smart about how they're coming into this first leg. One of the other things that I think we were able to pick up by being down at the stadium today is the grass, the field, is very soft. It looks yes. like it's going to play very slow. I can't help but think that maybe Pumas is setting it up to play that way. That they, they don't want to track me. They don't want this to be a, a high-flying game. They want it to be, you know, something that they can control. And then, and then you know, I would imagine right now their thinking is probably something like, hey, if we can get a goal at home and take some sort of lead into Lumen Field, we'll take our chances with defending. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that they have that ability, right? I mean, this team is clearly going to go play not – conservative, right? There was a speculation of how they would set up. Would they play with a three-man back line or a five-man back line with three center backs? Would they perhaps uh, try to just be more of a counter team? But everything we've seen this week tells us that they're going to press high, that they're going to go at this Pumas team, put them on their back heels, and use those players in the midfield to be quick in transition, but as again possession, right? We have seen Albert Rusnak do such a great job at being a facilitator, a distributor from that first line, right? From from the back and from their own half. And being a connector with Jordan Morris, with Christian Roldan, with Nicolas Odero. So I see a Sounders team that is going to go out here and play their game, be offensive, and I just want to see it played out. Uh, it, it's a different approach to what we've seen in a final from an MLS team because they feel like they have the, the players to make a difference, right? I mean, Brian said it himself, right? I have players in every part of the field that can decide a game, and that's what you were seeing 
from the tactics behind those players. So it, it's a cohesive thought process, and that is already a great start to how you're coming into this game. Yeah, I, I, I do think that there's a lot of reason for confidence. I think that uh, the only reason, really, we've talked about this a bit. We talked about this with Her- Hercules Gomez earlier this week, that really the only reason not to be confident about this game, about this series, is history. And history has been very kind to Liga Mackeys. They have dominated uh, this this tournament. They have won every single tournament, I believe, since 2006. Uh, and that's really the reason to think that they're going to do it again, because they do it every year. But if you remove that element, if you look at the talent, if you look at the depth, if you look at the experience of the Sounders, they come out ahead, I think, across the board in, in those key categories. And and they, they have a reason to be confident. They have reason to believe that they can go here and get a win. They have reason to think that they are that this that history is within their grasp. They still have to grab it, they still have to perform, they still have to do all these things, but there's every reason to think that they're capable of really making a statement. Jeremiah, I wanna ask you something and and I want to bring it up to the fans and to the audience because there or I have been a little bit underwhelmed or I've been surprised and maybe slightly disappointed at the feel of the city we've taken multiple ubers we've walked quite often yeah and you don't have that feel that there's something epic something important Yes. happening in this city. I have actually been struck by the same thing of how few we have taught we have mentioned this to almost every driver of every car mm-hmm. that we've gotten in since we've been here. Correct. I don't know that one of them said, "Oh yeah, I'm really interested in this game." <laughs> it's like, "Oh, maybe I heard of this being played." But yeah, there's no I I've you know, we've seen we we're staying you know, 10 minutes away from the stadium. We've yep. seen a handful of Pumas jerseys. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a little surprised by that. I would have thought that... It's been little kids for the main part. Yeah, it, it's mostly been little kids. When we were at the... You know, when we were at the the stadium, which is on the campus of the university, we saw a few more over right. there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, we, I guess the game sold out quickly. That's uh, an encouraging thing. They were very clear that it's not at a full capacity. Right. Uh, they, they, I think we're expecting something like 40,000 maybe. Right. We talked to a CONCAF spokesperson and it sounds like because of some safety measures, uh, there's only uh, 45,000 or, or so tickets available and those have been sold out. And I still want to see how those reflect on the stands because both me and you know that perhaps there are you know some of those websites that purchase a lot of tickets and are trying Mm -hmm, to sell them mm -hmm. so we don't quite know what the number is going to look like but i go back to the feel of the city and look what we've seen in seattle right i mean we've seen it all over we've seen it in on the news, we've seen it on the radio, and I think you know the Sounders themselves have done a really good job at really getting the message across. But you don't see that here, 
And I am very curious on how that's going to reflect tomorrow yeah. at 9 p.m. local time. It is, it's a really late kickoff. Very late. It's a very late kickoff. Very late. Uh, which I guess is great for the people in Seattle because uh, it's starting at a regular time. But here it is. It is a, it's a 9, a 9, is it 9.30 or 9? Either way, it's very late. No, it's it's extremely late. It, 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 it is 9 o'clock here. It's, what, 7, seven o'clock, yeah. right, our, our time. And, and maybe that's one of the things that is going to be a challenge because usually these events, maybe as a family uh, aspect. And especially, and that's what my understanding is, Pumas is sort of a more family-friendly right. club. Absolutely, right? And you're in the university campus, all these things. On a midweek game, at the time that it has been scheduled, I just have a really hard time believing that that the atmosphere is going to be any harder or any more influential than Leon was no a couple yeah. of months ago. I think Leon is is going to be a much more challenging atmosphere. Absolutely, one hundred percent, and. Look, I've talked to Yamar, I've talked to Nico, I've talked to Raul, and neither one of those guys believes that the crowd is gonna be a deciding factor on this. And and I think that's massive. I think that's important because yeah. when we're talking about how important and how advantageous it is that Seattle closes at home, the fact that it doesn't seem to be the same aspect here in Ciudad de Efe. Man, that that that's just telling for me. Yeah, I, I think that could be. You know, one one other thing I was struck by here, and I don't know, I am guessing the players aren't nearly as affected by this as you and I were, but boy, you ran out of breath really quickly. Oh my god. It's remarkable. Uh we are at I I we're at I think seven thousand feet, which you don't necessarily appreciate because it doesn't feel like you're in the mountains. Uh, but then on top of that, there's you know there's some smog and there's some things like that, and you're oftentimes wearing a mask. And man, I do not envy having to run around for 90 minutes. No, I'm with you. I, I I felt it right. And look, I'm not the healthiest guy. I'm not Mr. CrossFit here. But <laughs> but man, I mean, you're talking about four or five blocks, and yeah, I, I'm feeling like man, we I weren't going to, on a hike or anything. Right, man. I mean, we're just you know going for some tacos. But but I mean, it's it honestly does feel heavy on the body, and perhaps that's why it's going to be so important for Seattle tomorrow to get those players that know and understand how to distribute the ball to all be on the field. And, uh, you know, I think Albert, I think Nico, I think uh, Raul and, and Christian, uh, you're going to have to be very patient on how you use the sprints, how you use certain, you know, things that you perhaps do at home. Uh, but, but I feel like the coaching staff is aware of it. So I expect tomorrow a Seattle team that's going to want to defend by holding possession. Yeah. Really moving the ball around, switching the point of attack, using their ability to be a leading transition to really affect the game, especially considering that there are some potential very, you know, important absences for this Pumas team. 
Yeah, it's I, I do I'm with you there. I think this the Sounders probably want to hold on to the ball as much as possible. They want they they know that Pumas when they overturned the three zero deficit against the Revolution, the biggest mistake the Revolution made was that they sat back and they just sort of absorbed pressure. And I don't think the Sounders have any intention in doing that. To the and I and I think that they 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 shouldn't they there's no reason they should come in thinking that. No, no, no. Like I said, I do believe that there's going to be a lot of active defending. I think that Seattle is going to try to pressure a little high maybe early in the game. And then after that, maybe they'll go to a mid-block. But all of the things that I have been able to see and reading between the lines of what players are saying and what we've seen in training I think Seattle is just really going to get up for this game and try to not just get a result, but get a win. I know you've heard it from Brian, you've heard it from players, but sometimes that's not more than just that, a, a, a comment or, or you know, a, a, an interview. But considering everything that we've seen, I think that's what you're really going to see tomorrow. So, Nico, something we talked about today, and I, I think it's probably the last thing that I wanted to go over on the podcast was we, I, I think we can all agree that if the Sounders were to go on and win this, which is hundred percent putting the cart before the horse, it would be a massive deal. It would be a, it would be the kind of uh, perception changing uh, victory. I think that it, it, it would potentially really change the, the way that I think, I don't know if it will change a lot on the ground, but I think it will change a lot in the way the team is perceived, but let's just, Take it for what they are doing right now. This is now their sixth final in seven years. Right. And I, I understand that there's a lot of pushback against calling it a dynasty because it, it doesn't have a dynastic feel. It's right. It, they've only won two That's of fair. these. They've only won two of these so far. And even if they win this, it'll be three and it's spread out over seven years. It's fair to say like it doesn't quite feel like a dynasty yet. But in its own way, it's it feels special in a way that is is different and and maybe even more unique. Right. No. No. And and I think you're right. I mean, consistency is important, and consistency at times is not just defined by trophies. Is are you a contender every year? Are you not just a contender, but are you getting to those final moments? Season after season, and if you're asking me, Sounders checks those boxes. They are a team that are often in those positions to be a championship winner. So if you put into context a potential first-time MLS team to win a international CONCACAF Champions League with a ticket to go to the World Club World Club or you know World Club World Cup World Club World Cup uh, it's going to be it's going to be massive and when you add the potential that regardless of where Seattle is in the standings that they have all of the talent all of the tools to also potentially win MLS Cup then absolutely you have to put them in the conversation because those two titles would put this team above any club in MLS because of the relevance and the magnitude of what this would represent for MLS in general. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would agree with all that. I, I just find following this team right now to be such a fascinating experience in part because it, it, it just doesn't feel like a lot of other teams. It doesn't, you know, the way that, like, I, I go to the speech that Garth Lagerwey made, uh, Lagerwey made at, prior to the Miami game, and it was like, he was just putting it out there. Yeah. He, he just went for it. Right. You know, he, 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 he was using hyperbole. He was using big gestures, and there was no wink and nod. It was just, I'm going to have fun with this. And I, I really respect that. I think this is just a fascinating organization right now. And Look, I, I agree. I think that there's not enough credit given in the fact that Seattle has written their own book into success. Yeah. And they have done it year after year. And they have done it not only by capitalizing and being very effective on their DP money, their DP signings, but also putting money into the youth system and making you believe that they can have a sustainable product to provide you talent like Obed Vargas, like Josh Otencio, like Danny Leva, like DeAndre Jedlin and Jordan Morris in a year-to-year basis, right? I mean, I've said it over and over again in various platforms in various uh, shows, Seattle's biggest attribute is that they can exploit all the resources to create a team, a collective group of players that all work together to be successful. And I'm talking about USL level, youth level, university ranking players like Alex Roldan that came out of Seattle U. All of that, DP, Tam, they just do such a good job at using all their resources to just create a good team. So you got to give them credit. I hear all the time, oh, this team hasn't been the same since Gonzalo Pineda left. Oh, this team hasn't been the same since Jimmy Traher left. This team is still successful. You have to give credit where credit is due. Bryant Metzler deserves a huge deal of credit for his ability to deal with different um, personalities, different uh, types of players. And you got to give Garth credit for just knowing and understanding how to use the budget to his benefit. So this team just is, is well coached, is well managed, and that's what you get the result, a potential historic final with the possibility to be immortal. We are playing for immortality. That's what Garth said. I'm bought in. Yeah, well, I think that's probably a good place to end this, Nico. It's been great uh, being up, being here with you. We've we've only been here a day. We just got here today. I know. It feels like we've been here for a while, but it yeah, has. we got here today. We are gonna go to the game tomorrow, and then we'll be back in Seattle on Thursday. Uh, hopefully, we'll be bringing with us a good result. Uh, I am Jeremiah Shan signing off for Nico Moreno. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast, and we will catch you next time.